Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday Department of Instruction teleconference. My name is James Boarding, and I would love to lead all of you on a guided walking meditation and tour of the trees and wisdom of Rosicrucian Park. I recently recorded a video of myself walking around the park, and I would love to share it with all of you. Here we are at the entrance to Rosicrucian Park, or one of the entrances to Rosicrucian Park in the corner of Park and Nagley. Mystics and seekers and those curious about the Egyptian Museum have come through these gates for a very long time. Founded in 1927, the park started as just a single lot on Nagley Avenue and has now grown to nearly six acres of parks and gardens. My journey into trees started as an orchardist where I worked with apples and pears and stone fruit and then journeyed to the island of Hawaii to study agroforestry and did a little bit of work planting rare hardwoods. So I love trees and forests and I invite all of you to join me and learn and look and see more into the wisdom of the forest. As we walk today, I'd love for all of you to think of this talk as both a meditation and a guided tour. Imagine walking around Rosicrucian Park with me as your guide, as I assist you in becoming even more aware of a place that you already know so intimately. So, if you'd be my guest, I'd love to walk with you and show you some of my favorite trees. They're all my favorite. <laughs> In the same way, uh, my grandmother told me that I was her favorite grandson, and then she'd say the same thing to my brothers and my cousins. I love them all, and I hope that you make some new friends too. So through their leaves and roots, I'd love to explore the connections that these organisms have to each other, the larger forest, and all life. I'd love to explore the wisdom of the old growth forest and how we can learn to heal and grow ourselves in its cool shade. Welcome. As we walk through the pylons and under these oleanders, we enter the California native gardens that Grandmaster Julie uh, had the wisdom to plant. Removing our water-thirsty lawns, these native plants increase our native organisms like birds and insects and even little blue-bellied lizards. You see these native bunch grasses, a little manzanita, a little coyote bush, and this beautiful California buckeye that's just waking up in this early spring day. You see one of the magnificent, or the magnificent obelisk. And I always laugh a little bit because for as big and impressive as it is, the canary palms that grace the park are just a little bit bigger. Phenology is the study of how natural systems synchronize. 
how organisms manage to synchronize them to larger cycles. We know of this in ourselves as circadian rhythms. And you're well aware of how important these are if you've ever been jet lagged and couldn't sleep. The study of how these systems establish themselves in living organisms is critically important to understanding the wisdom of the forest because we're not talking about just daily cycles or even minute cycles. Some of these cycles can be thousand or millennia long systems. So we look down and ask the question, how do these little tiny flowers know to bloom in the spring? Well, these plants have massive wisdom that enables them to synchronize to the seasons and to the climate, to their pollinators and to largest forest patterns so that they can open their buds on just the right time to have the maximum success of reproducing. So communication is the key element in synchronization. Imagine throwing a party without invitations. So we are going to explore how forests communicate huge amounts of information to synchronize, not just daily or yearly cycles, but larger millennia or multi-millennia long climate patterns through this deep wisdom stored as genetic information in massive neural networks of underground fungi. Oh, <laughs> this Western redbud is just waking up. Cute little beeps. I love this species. It sips water and every spring it explodes like a big pink firework. Planting native plants is kind of a wondrous thing because you find that they are so harmonious with your local systems that they remind you of when other natural climate systems and natural weather patterns are emerging and they make you more mindful. At Rosicrucian Park, we work really hard to work with our organisms and learn from them. A lot of my work is observing these patterns. For example, with the jacaranda tree right here, you see how it branches down over the path. We've worked to carefully prune it so that it, instead of fighting it, so that pruning it, so we aren't fighting it, so that every time we cut it, it reaches out to the light. We've reached it so it branches and absorbs on the southern facing side, and we can walk harmoniously underneath it. And you find that pattern again and again at Rosicrucian Park, where we prune and design the park so that we're just working to help guide and help these trees and plants give us space to walk the paths, but we admire and respect their intelligence and wisdom. As we turn this corner, we see the beautiful statue of the Master Pythagoras. It reminds me that every time I walk by it, I'll be busy or thinking, and I'll pause it, if only for a second, to look 
to look up beyond my plainer sort of view. And I'll glance up and I'll see the beautiful sycamore trees that are around the planetarium. And then I'll look even further up, looking up into what he referred to as the cosmos, the macrocosmos, the bigger part of actuality, all of the stars and all of the planets, and remembering in that same instance that I am very, very small, but I am simultaneously very, very big because that macrocosmos is balanced by the microcosmos. That which is below. And so I'd love to explore some of that microcosmos with you today. If I were to stand in one spot at Rosicrucian Park, I wouldn't make it a day, which also Pythagoras reminds me of. But these trees who've lived here for decades have adapted exquisitely to live here in one spot for 10, 20. Some of these trees have plans of living in this one spot for thousands of years. And so I'd love to explore some of those adaptations that they've developed to stay in one spot. Oh, sweet magnolia. Her canopy branches out in a fractal to most efficiently feed on light. She uses this light to bind together carbon dioxide and water, releasing that oxygen in the process. She feeds herself on this glucose that she manufactures in each of her chloroplasts in all of her green body. In this process we call photosynthesis. She uses the sugar to build her body and transmute it into many different substances. And then she sends a good portion of it down into the subsoil to feed her roots. I'm sure you've all heard of Charles Darwin's most controversial paper, not origin of the species, science almost universally agrees on that. His paper published with his son Francis titled The Power of Movement in Plants explored the root systems of plants and postulated that they had an intelligence that was on level with animals. Specifically that millions of root tips or radicals had an impressive intelligence, memory, and a capacity to learn. They explored the soil. These roots can perceive a huge range of sensory information. They can detect gravity. They can detect moisture, mineral concentrations, each other. They're finding they can even talk in a clicking language. They can listen. For example, willows will even grow toward the sound of rivers played on a speaker. As a critical as these root hairs are, they are a part and integrated into a massive fungal network of mycorrhizal fungi. Some of these species will actually grow inside of the root hairs of these plants so that the tip of the most intelligent part of the plant is actually integrated in indirect 
physical internal communication with a massive neural net based fungus. Trees and forest funguses can be thought of as symbiotic in the same way that you and the mitochondria in your cells are symbiotic. To separate them is to annihilate them. We at the park work really hard to respect these fungi. The leaves that fall to the ground are not mess. They are food. They feed what Dr. Elaine Ingham refers to as the soil food web that is critical to the health of Rosicrucian Park. In front of us, you see the fountain of living waters, and behind it, what will very soon be the Rosicrucian Alchemy Museum. It's in the process of bubbling and fermenting and distilling. But today, we can visit the Rosicrucian Alchemy Garden as we walk over these steps. The garden is built with four separate garden beds, each dedicated to one of the four elements, earth, air, fire, and water. You can see on the left, the elements water and fire. We have mugwort planted and calendula, and they look nice. And while I was walking the park, thinking about this work, I was inspired by the minor realization that many of the great prophets and avatars and poets of all of history found at the moment of enlightenment or transcendence that they were in or around the trees and the grove. Christ spent the moment before his trial, or the evening before his trial, in an olive orchard of Gethsemane. Buddha sat under the Bodhi tree. Moses had the name of God revealed to him by a burning bush. And so I invite all of you to spend time with trees in your life, sitting and meditating and finding peace in their shade because this seems to be a pattern <laughs> among those who've led us and those who've been inspired by the divine. I love the beautiful Banya Banyas and you can see the sycamores, the giant canary palms and that magnolia we were just under. I invite all of you to come and wander these beautiful grounds and to be inspired. Turning, we now get to see the earth garden that is very Osirin and green this time of year. The pop, it looks like weeds, but it is not. It is all California poppies that are about to explode into bloom. So California sage and granite. And on the left, we have the air garden with lavender and limestone. the limestone coming from the bodies of ancient sea creatures that breathe in the ancient atmosphere. We duck under the olives, and we're not going to the Peace Garden yet, but going to walk along the front of the Alchemy Museum. And 
around the park, we have framed photos of group photos from the last 95 years of Rosicrucians posing on these steps. And so every time I walk along this walkway, I feel such incredible gratitude for all the Rosicrucians and guests and anyone who's contributed to this place. They stood here, great mystics. Their wisdom has built a place for us. And as we appreciate it, we are charged with the duty to care for it for those who will come. We lay bricks for people tomorrow, not today, not for ourselves today. See this young canary palm that sits in the shade of this little large mother that gave birth to it. And we come around this corner to the remaining lawn of the park that is so frequently covered in picnickers and all sorts of babies learning to walk. And I'd love to show you this beautiful statue titled Mother and Child. It is an archetypal representation of that deep connection we see. People might see Christ and Mary. They might see Isis and Horus. They might see their mother and themselves because this relationship is an archetypal one. Dr. Suzanne Samir, who has written a book about mother trees, has published research stating that trees can act like mothers, that they too will release energy and information, act as a nodal hub to care and protect for their young. So over here, you can see some of the young elm trees that are branching and growing. And you can just see the top of her over there past the palm. But there is a little forest system forming right here of young elms and the older elm who are transferring that information to each other. And I think it's very interesting to explore this archetypal relationship because we like to be very human-centric and think that that is a, a human thing. But really, if it's an archetypal one, it's more fundamental to the nature of reality and that these trees act in a way that is shockingly familiar. We duck under this beautiful fig tree that is dormant, but will come to life and be full of delicious figs for the squirrels. And we come behind the museum to explore another one of my very favorite species, very in the whole world, and they're all my favorite, but this one in particular is the beautiful California coastal redwood. These trees are native to California and they are among the biggest and tallest species on earth. 
these trees can grow to be thousands of years old. Their barks is fireproof to survive California's wildfires. And they're so tall, partly because they actually will sit on the marine layer that washes in every morning and evening along the coasts of California when it doesn't rain. These beautiful organisms call Rosicrucian Park home, and we're lucky to have them. So when I first learned that mother trees will provide energy and information to their, their offspring, children, my first question was, how? How does this happen? How does a tree transfer energy? How does it transfer nutrition and information to its babies? Well, the answer is in the soil. Dr. Elena Inguma as well actually worked and discovered that trees will have access to the mycorrhizal networks will thrive. And those that do not will die because mother trees will send energy through them to their young. She was using um, special markers to determine this and found that it wasn't just interspecies, it was between species, the whole forest was sharing nutrition and caring for itself. More recent discoveries have discovered that this information transfer happens as well. Because as I mentioned, if you're trying to sit in one place for thousands of years, you must be exquisitely adapted to it. So as an organism learns and trees will learn about their place, they will adapt their genetics and adapt the expression of their genes to that place. This tree behind the museum is exquisitely adapted to living behind the museum at Rosicrucian Park in California at this time. And when we plant young redwoods in this grove, they'll do well because this tree will download that information to them. And the way they do this is through genetic information exuded through their roots into the mycorrhizal systems. Pieces of RNA called sRNA will be transferred through mycorrhizal networks into young trees and giving them the wisdom that this tree has learned over time. So what if this grove had been here for 200 years, 300 years, a thousand years, that this tree had inherited its information from an older mother tree? What happens is that groves that are allowed to get very, very old will accumulate massive information about larger climate systems, about larger systems and cycles of pests, and in this time, they become very, very wise. And their young can learn and adapt to these systems that we don't even understand yet. We come over to the other coastal redwood. And I'd like to imagine that I too could somehow connect to these underground networks, imagining that those who've been inspired by trees have somehow managed to connect on another level to these underground networks. Imagine that you today could take your hand, put it into the soil, 
and have the funguses dig into your fingertips and toes and allow you to access these information networks that these trees are building and growing over thousands of years. Well, you don't even need to get your fingers dirty because what scientists are also finding is that these forests actually transmit this information, not just below, but above the ground as well. And that you can walk through the forest and breathe in a different form of communication. Have you ever walked in through a forest and had it smell so good? The trees aren't making that by accident. What you're breathing in is tree song because they communicate to each other through molecules, through chemicals called volatile organic compounds or even volatile forest compounds, whatever people call them. These chemicals can attract beneficial organisms like pollinators, repel pests or harmful bacteria and viruses and fungus. They synchronize when to bloom, when to fruit and breed, when to go dormant. The whole forest is communicating with these organisms and doctors in Japan and all over the world are finding that breathing in these chemicals is critical to our health. Called forest bathing, Dr. Kingley Quingley discovered that patients who spent just 20 minutes walking in the forest had health benefits that lasted up to 30 days. Shocking results. First being not so shocking, depression, sense of purpose or well-being, anxiety changed, but physiological markers too. Stress levels dropped marked by uh, salival cortisol levels, but even more shocking things. Rates of white blood cells increased. Our immune systems were stronger. They even found decreases in cancer rates among people in a comparative study who had access to forest trails. In Italy, a community that had access to walk in the forest had lower mortality rates during the COVID-19 pandemic. Trees synchronize and harmonize themselves to us and us to them, and we do much better when we are doing that. Say hello to this beautiful Melaleuca linifolia. This is an Australian paper bark tree. And the leaves of this tree are actually ground up and produce tea tree oil, which many of you know um, is a powerful medicine. You walk past them, breathing in deeply, taking in these volatile forest compounds, feeling ourselves more calm and full of well-being past this beautiful bird of paradise that is about to bloom and meet the second sequoia of the park that we know. This is a don't worry, this is a dawn redwood. And unlike the Semper virens that stays in bloom all year or stays green all year, this loses all of its leaves in the fall. Native to China, this tree was a gift to Rosicrucian Park. We turn now down to this space in front of the research library 
with the papyrus and the palms? Do trees communicate by wrestling their leaves at each other? I don't know. But after what I've learned with my research around trees and their intelligence and communication, I wouldn't rule it out. So as we walk now, listening to the rustling of the palms, I invite all of, and breathing in those volatile forest compounds, I'd like all of us to remember that each breath we are taking right now is brought to us by a plant somewhere. It might be your front lawn, it might be Rosicrucian Park, it might be the oceans and, and algaes. But as we breathe in, it is possible because a plant underwent photosynthesis for you. So I have a proposal that in the same way that we say grace before meals and that we magnetize our water, we need to have due to its importance, we need to say a prayer before every single breath to say, express our sincere gratitude for it. And I know some of you are thinking, that's, that's gonna be really distracting. I'm not gonna be able to get it much done. Well, I think I, I think I have an idea. So when you breathe in, you are breathing in oxygen from a plant. And so let's just practice that now, saying thank you as we breathe in. And, but the interesting piece here, we can breathe out, don't, don't hold your breaths, um, is that the thing that they need most, the thing that they love and thrive and feed on is our breath. So if you wanna express your gratitude to the plant that made your oxygen today, breathe out and give it the gift of carbon so it can build its body. So here in front of the Grand Temple, I would love to do three deep breaths. Breaths of gratitude for the plants and then give them the gift of your breath so that they may grow. You probably have a plant near you that will really appreciate it. So, ready? Breathe in. Thank you. Thank you to everyone. I'm sure the plants in your life appreciate it. Walking back into the park, we walk past this beautiful myrtle, the uh, Myrtus communis. And if you walk by and ask permission and it says yes, I invite you to take a leaf and crush it in your fingertips and spit all those my mycenes, the type of uh, volatile organic that just makes you present and calm. Here we see the largest tree in the world. Well, in 6023. So this is a giant sequoia. And in the next 3000 years, this tree will be one of the largest living organisms on earth. 
it's it's small now, but I invite all of us to have the imagination to imagine Rosicrucian Park 3,000 years in the future. It's sooner than you think. So I invite to do an ex I invite all of us to do an experiment of imagining this far in the future. Ready? Archaeologists believe that the Rosicrucians felt that the giant sequoia was sacred and planted two of them here in honor of the wisdom of the forest and the wisdom of those who've guided them here. In this place, we see an oak grove that they planted. These old, giant coast live oaks are actually third generation, third and fourth generation oak trees. Their mothers being planted about 3,000 years ago. And these trees are over 1,000 years now. These beautiful old trees were planted here because they are exquisitely adapted to the climate of California. And they have thrived in their natural environment. They have guarded over Rosicrucian Park for millennia. As seekers have come to this labyrinth for inspiration, And contemplation of the divine. Some of the greatest mystics and sages of all time have walked this labyrinth at Rosicrucian Park, this sacred ground has been the place of mystics for millennia. These giant limbs were once tiny, but now they branch up and over the entire labyrinth, covering the entire labyrinth in a giant green dome. At one point, the whole area was open. You can scarcely imagine it now. Now, as we walk in the shade of these giant oak trees, we feel deep gratitude for the Rosicrucians. Their inspirational message of harmony and peace and sustainability at a time of climate crisis was the driving message that helped inspire humanity to change their motion and actually prevented the climate crisis of the early 2000s, for which we are still grateful. And so now I invite all of you to walk Rosicrucian Labyrinth, a place that, in, uh, you, that sages and mystics have walked for thousands of years. I hope you find inspiration and wisdom and hope in this place. Thank you for coming on my tree talk in the year 6023. So now, if you're willing, I'd love to do a second experiment.
if we walk up these steps, we can see the whole labyrinth from above. And I'd love for all of you to visualize the mystics and seekers and guests who will come to this park in search of wisdom in the same way that we go to Giza and Delphi and Machu Picchu today. I hope that all of us set an example that people come to see the ancient wisdom of the Rosicrucians. And so now I invite all of us to send our most ardent love and inspiration and hope to all those who will walk this labyrinth in the next 3,000 years. May those giant sequoias be tall. May these oaks be old. So might it be. So as we come down these steps, thinking in terms of thousand-year plans, I invite you to take on a similar mindset. Instead of a five-year plan, take on a 10,000-year plan and think about how we as humans can transfer the energy and information to our young so that they have the wisdom and intelligence to care for these groves and protect them long after we are gone. To have them understand the symbiosis that we have with these massive trees. Because that's how old groves form, at least in a human world. When we have humans that have been taught that they are the ones who are keepers of these places, that they are a part of it. So imagine watching a Rosicrucian park with a canopy closed by old trees. And if you aren't at Rosicrucian park, there's no reason why you can't plant an old grove where you are now, because all you need is a tree and some people who will listen to you about protecting them for thousands of years. Um, as we walk through these gates, you'll see these beautiful redwood, deodar cedar, and our canary palm. Il Gibran wrote that trees are poems that the earth writes on the sky. And as I walk this place and look at the beautiful different forms of fractals that all these different organisms will make, I think I know what he was talking about a little bit. So as we walk through these California native gardens, 
when we think about the wisdom and transfer of energy information, I'd love to explore the idea that it's not just within species that these fungal networks are transferring these genetic informations that allow these organisms to synchronize. They are transferring all over. And as they heal and send energy and care for each other, another thing that Dr. Suzanne Samirid has worked in her, uh, has revealed in her work is that forests will actually act like massive superorganisms. A single creature, and it sounds outrageous, but in the same way that you or I are an amalgamation of a several trillion cells who thinks it is one, it's not outrageous to think that these forests are amalgams of many different organisms acting and being as one. Even the squirrels and elders and young redwoods, the bunch grasses and magnolias, the cedars here. And so as we are breathing and being a part of Rosicrucian Park, walking this place, and realizing that this is a massive superorganism, I invite all of you to indulge in the realization that you are not a guest. You are Rosicrucian Park. You are part of this organism. If your carbon is imbued in these trees, you are part of these systems and cycles. Maybe you're a, a migrant, uh, a migratory sort of organism, like the birds who come through. But you are this park. Turning the corner into the Peace Garden. I'd love to explore. I'm reminded by the fact that the ancient Egyptians venerated the idea of Ma'at. And you see that everywhere in this garden, balance and harmony. And that as we learn about these forest systems and how they are balanced and transferring all of this energy and information among each themselves, that we understand how the ancient Egyptians held this idea so close to themselves, that they needed to be in harmony with the natural world, that the heaven above needed to be on earth. Walking through this garden, I hope that you all get a chance to come and experience the park on a day like this to stand in, underneath these beautiful date palms, to taste the mint, and just be at peace. To provide a signature of yourself that indelibly changes this place to be slightly different and even better. 
So with gratitude to those who brought this this place and inspiration and love for those who follow, we exit the Peace Garden and walk to the shrine at the center of Rosicrucian Park. We walk underneath the mulberry tree that in the next few months will be covered in big green leaves. And for some reason, this tree likes mothers and babies because it's the nicest spot and there is always a mom with her kids sitting under it. I think that they have a similar vibration. We look up to see the beautiful coastal redwoods and the deodar cedar. and take a breath to prepare ourselves to enter the shrine at the center of the park for a short meditation. Feeling the air cool as we walk under these trees. We turn the corner. Open the gate. Walking towards that brilliant lit portal. We feel ourselves becoming more calm as we walk under the palms. seeing the hieroglyphs. Where so many lovely, wonderful people have sat and meditated. We admire the papyrus bundle-shaped columns. And take a second to thank one of our mother trees, Dr. Harvey Spencer Lewis, who has provided all of us such incredible energy and wisdom and light. And a thank you to Ralph Lewis, who's done so much, written so much. And although we didn't receive it through a mycorrhizal network. His lessons and books are critical to our mystical journey. So let's sit and meditate on this wisdom. Feel your feet connect to the earth and take a deep breath. Feeling yourself become more relaxed with each breath. Feel your roots become deep, deep in the ground. You can close your eyes or you can watch. It's up to you. Feel your trunk and limbs covered in delicious light. 
it feels like the best sunny nap that you've ever taken. But it's just like delicious, like honey, because you are a photosynthetic being. Feed in that light. Now, imagine a tree that you know, that you knew in the past, that you walked by and you would like to say hi now. Send out your roots to it. Connect to this being. Send it your love and care. Now, make yourself receptive to its wisdom. Feel yourself exchanging wisdom and intelligence and energy as fluidly as all the cells in your body. Now, feel the two of you connect out to other trees, other plants, becoming aware of the greater connection of the two of you to all of the grove. Feel this deeper wisdom of bigger, deeper, intelligence and wisdom. Feel your heart beat with the trees. Listen to the memories of this great being. Give and receive. Feel the connections grow even bigger to the whole forest. Feel the pulse of the soil, the songs of the birds, the gentle footsteps of the deer on your feet, the sway of the wind in your limbs, Listen deeper and deeper and more carefully. And what was once silent to you becomes audible 
and then louder and louder, hear the old songs, songs that began before humans and that will end after we are gone. Now, feel that connection grow out to all forests everywhere and send them your most radiant love. Visualize them bathing and feeding on divine light. Connect to all beings of the forests. Every raccoon and worm. Connect to the people of these forests. Ask that all beings be granted the wisdom of the grove, the inspiration to protect and preserve these giant organisms for millennia. Send your love and protection and courage to all those who work to protect these forests. Now, feel the connection grow to the whole earth, to all life. Feel yourself as a part of the greater being, our living planet, and recognize that there is only one forest, one superorganism. Imagine the forests and oceans and deserts. Imagine the wisdom of all of these places combining into a being that is billions of years old.
now feel this wisdom connect to the bigger tree the tree that sages have spoken of to initiates for millennia the world tree the cosmic tree yadrasil the tree of sapphires the bodhi tree and feel your roots connect it is but one forest it is but one tree feel the profound peace and deep wisdom of the forest flow into your whole being Feel yourself be healed. As you heal, feel yourself exchange energy and information with this as effortlessly as you breathe. You can stay in this place as long as you like. Stay here and meditate. Thank you all so very much for joining us today. If you need to reach me, just send me a note through the soil. I love you all so very much. I wish you all peace, profound 